Wade into Wealth, taking one of life's most intimidating topics, money, your financial well-being, and providing simple, easy-to-understand ways to be more comfortable with your own financial health. This is Wade into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities. Hi, and welcome back to Wade into Wealth. I'm Chuck Wade. Uh, my brother Ethan is here joining us via the interwebs today, uh, coming off the heels of a Bills win as we record this on Monday, the 16th. It was nice Tuesday. having it. It's Tuesday. You know, it feels like a Monday, but uh, that's because it's the first day back and we had a had an extra day off. It was nice seeing the Bills get a get a win, even nicer that it was a 4.30 game, not an 8.30 uh, start making it feel like a like a very late night. And it's about time Kansas City has to come to Buffalo yes. for a playoff game. Yes, although I can tell you the only thing my two girls are more are, are more enamored with is the thought that Taylor Swift may be in Buffalo next week. <laughs> they thought that, yeah, I'm sure that yeah. I'm sure that they're not alone. Yeah. I was surprised I guess I'm not surprised when you actually think about it, but this will be the first time that Patrick Mahomes will have to travel and play at another stadium in the playoffs, separate of Super Bowls. Hmm, Every playoff game outside of a Super Bowl, which is obviously at a neutral site, he has played at Arrowhead Stadium. Interesting. I was unaware of that. Yeah, they were talking about that at the end of the, maybe the end of the Bills game yesterday. All right. Well, the more you know. Um, That's right. Okay. And and perfect time for a FAFSA uh, (laughs) podcast. Yes, yes. It's a tough segue from the NFL to the free application for federal student aid and changes that have come into play, but this is a timely one, just like the NFL playoffs, and I think in large part due to the fact that, um, you know, it's been a while since you or I had to deal with a FAFSA or our parents had to deal with a FAFSA for that Do you matter. remember doing it? I remember hearing mom and dad talk about it. Oh, so mom and dad had to do it for us? Yeah. Yes. I, I don't remember much of it. Yes. So, I mean, what it is is essentially it's, it's one of those things that um, – that when you have a child that is about to go into college, you would fill out, and the FAFSA is basically a way to report your income and assets so that you can be made eligible for federal student aid, um, but also any grants um, that might be made available, and so that colleges can get your information so they can determine if there is a need-based aid for you based on their own admissions criteria. And so it is. It's an important thing. It's a nightmare. It has been a nightmare for a lot of people to fill out for several years. And in late 2020, Congress approved what is supposed to be a much more streamlined and easier to fill out FAFSA application. But of course, what happens anytime that, you know, there's a big overhaul, this the the new FAFSA, FAFSA.gov went live on January 8th. Uh, it was a mess um, in in that the initial rollout had a lot of glitches and issues. And um, from what I've been able to determine, it is getting more um, worked out and the site is fully live now. And so this is a good time to, if you have a child that will be attending college later this year, start to go through the application process because college is not cheap. And you probably shouldn't wait, right? No. No, 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 no. You don't want to wait. And and the big thing with this is is that um, the majority of the aid that you would be eligible for by filling out the FAFSA, the majority of it is not going to be allocated within the next couple of months. But what happens is that at the end of January, 
this information starts being transmitted to colleges. And so there is some aid that is priority-based or that is kind of given out on a first-come, first-served basis. There's not an endless amount of, of aid. And, and, a, um, and so it would make sense. It would behoove you if you were a parent of a college-age student or a high school student who would be entering college in the fall that you get on it. And, and the biggest thing for so many years, I'm sure you've heard it come up from clients is filling out the FAFSA. What a nightmare it's been. Yeah. And it sounds like it probably still is until they get all these bugs fixed, but it said some that the previous FAFSA, I struggle to say the word yeah. FAFSA. FAFSA. That, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, was more than a hundred questions long up to 103. And right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's crazy. And this one should be reduced to what? A little more than 10? Uh, 18, I believe. Okay. Uh, 18 and questions. And a, a big reason is because it's going to automatically pull mm -hmm. your information from your tax return, correct? Yes. Instead of you having to manually probably, it probably just went through line item, almost line item by line item on your tax mm -hmm. return, asking you to type it in yourself when they already have all that information. So I'm glad that they finally work to streamline it a little bit better. Yeah, and so this is when when someone is having a conversation of, you know, how is how is my aid, my child's aid, potential aid going to be impacted by assets? This is what anyone is talking about. The the federal or the free application for federal student aid. This is not necessarily talking about scholarships or merit-based scholarships you'd receive if you're a smart person or an athlete or something along those lines. This is federal student aid. Um, and grants, and the thing with grants is that grants do not have to be paid back. That's that's one of the biggest um, biggest things to to note. And the Pell Grant is a federal grant that is given out to to it's income based. Um, so folks from lower income backgrounds are often eligible for a Pell Grant, which um, does not need to be paid back. So there's there's a real incentive there to be filling this out. But you're right. The first thing is that information is now taken directly from the IRS which avoids the big headache if you have in terms of determining what your income was, reporting income from various sources, um, income from dividends or interest, anything along those lines. And so, yeah, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying it's nice that they finally streamlined it, but it's still, it's still a little bit of a process. I mean, I think that there's, <laughs> you know, some key, key factors. And the first one that I think, you know, we have a we have a list of five that are important things to note, which this one almost makes me laugh. But you have to you need to get what's called an FSA ID. Yes. Essentially, your username and password from mm -hmm. studentaid.gov. But you request it and it takes three business days for you to receive it. Yes. And in the day and age of where we are, mm -hmm. we have to still wait three business days to receive your username and password. To me, that's comical, especially when. Look, if you're a parent going in to do this, you're sitting down on a Saturday or a Sunday or maybe one of your week your weeknight evenings and you just want to get it over and done yep. with. But first you have to make sure that you apply for your username and password and you'll get it sometime in the next 3 days. Yes, and you would But without without that you can't fill out the the form and the application. No, and it doesn't take long to get it. So it it yeah. again, just go do it. Anybody who's going to be filling out um, the application is going to be listed as a contributor 
And so that's what you would want to sign up as. You you get your, your login information. So that's step one. You're not filling this out on the first day if you go to sit down to do it. Give yourself a couple of days. Um, and you have to go to studentaid.gov. Yes. S-T-U-D-E-N-T-A-I-D.gov. Which is different from where you would go to fill the FAFSA out. Of course it is. That's FAFSA.gov. Um, okay. Uh, number two, find our list of five things to know about the new FAFSA. One of the major positives we already mentioned it is that the application is down significantly from up to 103 questions down to 18. So it is, it is a much more, it is supposed, supposed to be a much more streamlined process. Data is pulled directly from the IRS, which helped shorten the need to ask a million questions and go uh, enter a million different pieces of information. One of the things that, that is different this year, though, it is going to pull information, is that previously your aid was based on, that's, and this would be if you were um, a family where the parents are divorced and the, the student is living with one parent primarily. Previously, the, the aid would be based on the income of the parent the student lived with the majority of the year. That is now different. It is now based on the income of the parent providing the majority of the financial support. So if there is a parent paying child support or paying for paying the needs of the student, but the student lives with the other parent the majority of the time, that, that, that calculation is going to be different now. The income that is used for the aid needed for the student is going to be based on the parent providing the majority of the support. So that's different, but they also, which I think is a change in the process, they will not take into consideration if as a parent you have other kids who are in college. Yeah. Right, which in, in the past I think they would have maybe provided some sort of discount to you yes. or at least taken that into consideration. And this time around, they're just removing that from the equation, treating it as though each child is just a single child in, in their, their family's household. Yeah, that's step that that's number three that we just segued into, and and this is a negative. This is a negative if you are a family with more than one child in college at the same time. Previously, you would have received a benefit; you would have been made eligible for more aid, essentially a discount, based on the fact that you already had one child in college. That is no longer going to be uh, counted and factored in. There is still a question: Do you have other children in school? You still need to answer it, but you're not going to get the same benefit that you used to. How about number four? Yeah. Well, you mentioned Pell Grants before, and one of you know a positive to it is that this time around, Pell Grants are going to be exposed to an extra 600,000 applicants from low-income backgrounds. And it's important that that word grant is an important word because as you mentioned previously, that's not something with the expectation that the money gets paid back. Correct. That's just a financial benefit that you get kind of free and clear of it. And the Pell Grants are now going to be made available to almost half a million, almost half a million more applicants than they had been previously. So that is helpful for, for some folks. Yeah. And the Pell Grant is typically available to someone with a household income of less than $50,000. So if household income is more than that, likely not going to be um, an option, but there's still a significant chunk of the country um, that would fall under that income threshold and, and would be available or would have the Pell Grant 
listed available to them. Number five, you can now list more schools that you would like the information to be sent to. When you fill out the FAFSA, you designate an amount of schools. It used to be 10. It's now 20. I mean, I don't know who's applying. I'm sure there's people that do apply to 20 colleges. But um, this information is then transmitted to those colleges. Colleges will use this information because they also have some need-based aid that is available to be given out to students. This is why you don't necessarily want to wait because once the aid's given out, it is gone. And so well, it's finite, yeah. You can you can list up to 20 colleges now to have your information sent out to. So there is there there is a greater chance for more universities to receive your information and then present to you a, a potential aid package should you choose to attend that college. Do you know if the student aid index or the concept of that is new? Yes, or it is. That's just it is. So, so it used to be the EFC, Expected Financial Contribution. And when you fill out the FAFSA, you'll, you'll get a report. Um, and what it used to be is the student, the, the EFC was the expected financial contribution from the family. So they would say, all right, the cost of attending, you know, uh, Brockport, where you and I both went to college, is X. And based on your income and assets, you are expected to contribute this amount of money. And the rest is need-based aid. That doesn't include merit-based scholarships. So this doesn't include because you're a fantastic, you know, violinist that Fredonia, which has a great music program inside the State University of New York system, is going to offer you money based on a talent or a skill that you have. The Student Aid Index, which is referred to as the SAI, is the new metric that is being used. And so what it what it breaks down to is the income of the parents, and they also would include income and assets of a prospective student in determining what the student aid index contribution needs to be from the family, the student attending college. And the score you get on that doesn't, that doesn't mean the scholarship that you get. That's just where you fall on the spectrum for the information that's being sent to all of the schools. Yes, there are some scholarships available through this that would use this information, but the majority of scholarships are not, this is not used to factor into. Um, some other How many thing, schools did you apply to? Uh, I only applied to one. Okay, there you go, simple. Oh, you know, I, and again, that's, I think so much of, of and I would, I tell this to people, is, is so much of finding college is finding a fit. And, you know, I remember thinking, oh, you know, I wanted to go to St. Bonaventure because we went, I went to a, a small Catholic high school in Batavia, New York. Um, and, and a lot of kids from Notre Dame High School where I went would go on to uh, schools like St. Bonaventure and thinking, oh, you know, they got a Division One basketball team. Not that I was going to go play, but that that would be a fun atmosphere. But I went and toured. I remember, you know, mom and dad saying, well, let's go, let's go tour Brockport. Let's go take a look. And I really liked it. I felt it was a good fit. And I felt it was a good fit for me. And I remember going and touring for Donia too, and I just applied to Brockport, and that was it. But that was the fit for me. Go. They had what I needed. They had the opportunities, and um, you know, the the cost was a lot more reasonable than going to a private school. What about you? I don't know. I don't know the answer for you. I applied to two. Oh, right, Brockport, Fredonia, and Brockport. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. And at Fredonia, I was going to have to be a catcher on the baseball team, and at Brockport, I was going to play third. 
ended up getting injured last year of high school, chose Brockport because I didn't want to, I was done playing catcher yeah, and uh, wanted to play third, never even ended up playing I, baseball, but <laughs> Brock, you know, got the job done for me. Well, I was going to say the irony there is you never played baseball in college. So nope. yeah, kind nope, of but a, that's what I used to make my decision. Uh, Fredoni, I was going to catch Brockport. I was going to play third. Yeah. Moot point. So um, yeah, a couple other points that I just found of, of interest in, in doing some research about the FAFSA, um, and, and learning more about it. One, if you filled the form out already and believe you made an error, that should be able to be corrected after January 30th. Um, there were some glitches in the system. I know people feel as if, uh, information was not transmitted correctly or, or, or entered correctly. You, that you're able to fix that after January 30th, um, the, the other thing that I think was, was interesting to note is that a drug-related conviction no longer disqualifies you for um, federal aid from filling out the FAFSA. So that was something previously that would have, that would have made this aid unavailable to you. Um, the other question I, I've seen is, um, should I fill out the FAFSA? I don't think I'm going to get any aid. Um, you know, the yeah, household has to too much income. Time. Right. And, and at this point, you know, I get it in, in that if your income in, in most, most households, if you have income over $300,000 in the household, you're, you're not going to be eligible for any federal aid. Um, but outside of that scenario, there, there is, you never know what other aid is available and colleges do have an, uh, they do have aid to give out. And so if it only is 18 questions, I would say you should fill it out no matter what, there's not necessarily a downside to it. There's not a cost to doing it other than your time and having to get on three days earlier to, you know, get a, an FSA ID. But um, other than that, I think it makes sense to fill this out. And this all now applies for the 2023-2024 school year. So this would be for someone going to college in the fall. But you do have to fill it out every year. You do have to fill it out every year. So this is different even for, for families that filled it out already once, twice, or, or thrice. And I think for, for your student, encourage them to seek scholarship opportunities that the um, for the college for which they're going. I know at Brockport, and I didn't realize this until our, my last year, that there's all sorts of scholarships that the school offers outside of your FAFSA package or anything else that if you apply to it, you know, there's there's a good chunk of kids that are not applying to those things at all, and if you apply to it, take some time with with your student. That there's there's a real chance they can be rewarded some additional scholarships to end up saving some money. Yeah, and you would either I would suggest reaching out to the financial aid office at the college, yep. or or and or the guidance counselor at a at a high school. If you're at a high school, um, this is what they're there to do. But reaching out to the financial aid office, it can't hurt. Um, college is so expensive. Um, you know, and the other thing I've talked to with, with clients, many clients, and I'll throw this in there since we're on the topic is there's nothing wrong with going to community college. There's absolutely nothing wrong with going to a community college. Um, especially if you don't have a great idea of what you're looking to do. College is not cheap. It's very expensive. And if you can get a couple of years of that education, which your first two years, a lot of that is general education, requirements anyways if you can do it at a reduced cost that may very well make a lot of sense and also understand the terms of the student loans that you are signing yeah i didn't understand the term of any loan that you're signing of any loan that you're signing i didn't and i think this is there's this is an issue i have with the system but if you stop and think about it 
you're getting all this money, not realizing, well, how do you need to pay it back? How does the interest work? Um, it's, it's a big deal. And it's something that six months after you leave college that you're on the hook for it and you, and you need to repay it. And mom and dad, it's probably a good conversation, uh, for you to be having with your student or, or your child who's getting ready to go off to school because when they get to college, there isn't anyone who's going to sit them down no. and explain the stipulations of the loan that they have Yeah, and understanding that. And it kind of sets up a better conversation for, uh, financial awareness as, uh, as your kids continue to get older and continue to grow. Yep. Um, I will put links in the notes to, uh, studentaid.gov, also fafsa.gov. So you can find those easier, um, if you are struggling and, and good luck. And if you have questions on these, don't hesitate to, to reach out. This is something we're happy to assist with and talk through with you if you would like. All right. Uh, I think that does it for this week. Contact the Wade Group at wadegroup at brightonsecurities.com or find them on Facebook or Twitter at the Wade Group. Thanks for listening to Wade Into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities.